Shabbat Shalom, friends. This week is Pashat, section of Yitro, Jethro. In what the Kabbalists have come to understand as the most significant section as to what Torah is all about. Needless to say, that so much confusion has emerged surrounding this mystifying event known as Revelation or the Ten Commandments, as some refer to Amal Sinai, that precisely because this event was so crucial in the lives of mankind, and specifically because what this particular section came to address, that we therefore, says the Kabbalist, can expect the greatest corruption, the greatest misunderstanding, greatest mis misinterpretation by the anti-Kabbalists, to so place all of their entire emphasis on the maintaining of chaos, pain, and suffering that brought about this kind of corruption, this kind of misunderstanding, and came to mean something other than what its true and honest objectives were when this event took place. Firstly, let me, let me make it very clear that there is absolutely no basis, no foundation, no origin as to why the section that refers to the, quote, Ten Commandments were ever intended as such. My friends, this section had never been connected with or associated with an idea of Ten Commandments. Can you imagine that since the passing of that event 3,400 years ago to this very day, all religions with their unfortunate acknowledgement of the corruption that began, that began 40 days following this great revelation that took place on Mount Sinai. But before jumping ahead of what 
we, the many millions of Kabbalists around the world, could feel and experience that monumental obligation that we must set the record straight once and for all. And I thank the life force of God for this opportunity to have given us something known as the Internet. For as a result of this Internet, possibility of the Kabbalistic interpretation and mind you, to bring forth the truth after so many millennia of corruption that as a result of internet this message will no longer be confined to the 40 or 50 art centers around the world that are privy to this old information which had been so denigrated and placed on a back burner so that humankind in the opinion of these anti-capitalists would assure that this planet continues without interruption in maintaining the chaos, pain and suffering that all of mankind endures today. But before getting ahead of ourselves, I would like to refer to something almost at the very beginning of this section. And I'm referring to specifically chapter 19, verse 8. Something that in all of my years, I could never readily accept a superficial translation, interpretation of what I consider to be a glaring, an obvious falsehood. I'm going to use that word, falsehood. What am I referring to? As the previous verses state, and God said to Moses, that here I'm about to present to the nation a compendium. And Moses says unto the Israelites, well, I should rather give you verse 7. And Moses came and called upon the elders 
and put before them the words of God. And the entire nation heard verse 8, the entire people responded together in unison and said everything that God has spoken we shall do. My friend, in my days, and I'm sure as well as in your time, have you ever met two people who haven't had three opinions? And now suddenly we are to believe, or so it says, that we will do, all of us, we'll do whatever God has to tell us. Mind you, they didn't hear the word of God yet. And so there, uh, there's another feature here, let alone that they all agreed after hearing what God had to say, but even without being told what God is offering, what God requires of the Israelites, they've already responded, no matter what, we shall do. And we have in our time, in our day, in our observing of, of humankind, have never come across a unified, a unified expression of opinion, of one thought, one consciousness. And therefore, the word Naseh also means we shall become. In fact, in the beginning of creation, on the sixth day when Adam was born, what does it say? And God spoke unto the angels and said, Naser Adam, Bitselem Elohim. Let us make man. Let us produce man in our image, the image of God. And so the truer interpretation reveals. When it says, Yachtav, all with one voice, no, all with one consciousness. What happened at that moment, that what happened was they were, they were accepting this higher level of consciousness that was required for them to comprehend the full impact of revelation on Mount Sinai. Go even one step further and maybe create a greater disillusionment as to really what took place. We are told by Talmud 
that prior to the acceptance, prior to the acceptance of God's words to the Israelites, a certain incident took place. What was that incident? Talmud says that God took Mount Sinai, took the whole mountain, and kind of folded it over from the bottom to the top. He like took, took with his hand and folded up the mountain and exposed the crater beneath the mountain. And the Lord said to the Israelites, if you accept these ten utterances as, is, as the true name of what has been known until the present day as Ten Commandments, if you accept these ten utterances, well and good. However, if at this point, before the revelation takes place, if any of you have any doubts of whether to totally acquiesce to the acceptance of the ten utterances, then I want you to know that as you are assembled in this crater, there shall be your burial site, for I shall take the entire mountain and reseal this crater, and you shall perish. Now, let me ask you, does that sound like people who are so willing and, and, and prepared to accept the word of God, that God has to threaten them? Either or, you either accept or take the consequences, which means your end, your demise. And so, therefore, there is no other understanding of this word not said that we shall do, but rather that they were prepared to accept and achieve a higher consciousness, that higher level of consciousness that was required for this coming event that we shall shortly delve into. And now, what is these ten utterances all about? And my friends, very simple. We are told by Zohar and Talmud that this event, the event on Mount Sinai, brought about not the possible demise of the Israelites, but rather brought about the demise of chaos. And the greatest feature of chaos 
mortality itself. In other words, the Creator, with his infinite compassion for mankind, no longer capable of restraining himself when he observes mankind's desperate effort to enhance, to expand the chaos around him, that the Creator felt the time had come when the opportunity for the removal of that ultimate chaos, death, would come about. My friends, this is what happened on Mount Sinai. My friends, when we celebrate Shavuot, what we are celebrating is not a memorable occasion or event that took place 3,400 years ago. No. Now, we don't believe in celebrations of past events. But what we do connect with on Shavuot, together with Revelation on Mount Sinai, is to achieve, go back in time to that moment when mortality ceased to be an existence. And with this interp interpretation, sentence forged ahead with an idea of mortality in our day that by connecting as we do on Shavuot to this event by listening to Torah on Shabbat this Shabbat we can have that opportunity year in and year out, the opportunity of connecting to the force, the light force that, that so shined with its brilliance to bring an end to mortality. Religion, my friends, was not formed on Shavuot by the ten, quote, commandments. No, my friends, we were led to believe for 3,400 years that what we do is celebrate once a year that event. And who, by the way, celebrates it? Of course, only the Jewish people. Why, can you imagine a Christian or a Muslim participating in such an event when wasn't this meant only for the Jewish people? My friends, you think that's what the Creator had in mind? You think that mortality is reserved for the Jewish people alone? And therefore, let me cite what is clearly written in Talmud and Zohar, but only for the ignorance that unfortunately prevails, and that ignorance prevails because that those anti-capitalists would have us believe that 3,400 years ago, 
revelation was the establishment of the Jewish religion. My friends, nothing further could be from the truth. Now, 70 nations of the world present at that time all received these 10 utterances, all participated in this remarkable event that would bring about immortality. The end of chaos. No more pain and suffering. But I must say, those anti-Kabbalists, they don't lie down and die. Like maybe many of us give up. They never give up. They haven't given up since the first moment when this event became a reality. Forty days later, the golden calf was created by these very same anti-Kabbalists. And without going into the full detail, convinced the Jewish people, convinced the entire then known world that this event had nothing to do with anything but the establishment of religion. And perished the thought that maybe God in his infinite wisdom, infinite capacity of compassion, thought that maybe the world was entitled to a break. Maybe the world was entitled to the end of chaos. No, they wouldn't have it. And therefore, what they did was create a golden calf. What was the golden calf about? But the power does not lie in the light force of God. The power lies in this material world. For there is no other world outside of this 1% illusionary world. And that concept, that perspective of what Torah is all about, unfortunately, prevails for most of the world today. But it is changing, and we will change it. We must change it. For there is no hope that mankind will ever will ever extricate themselves from this kind of, of, of circumstances that each and every single person, one time or another, must inevitably undergo some form of chaos, some form of pain and suffering. This, my friend, is what we are hopefully connecting with, with our reading this Shabbat. It's a small section, my friends. However, one might assume that everything was fine. Ten utterances, everything is going to be fine. 
And it should have been fine. For what happened with this raising of consciousness, which is what we are striving now with all of the tools that have been provided for us by Kabbalah, again to return to that level of consciousness, to understand mind over matter, my friends. To understand that time, space, and motion is the tool of Satan. That time, space, and motion is that level of understanding of this universe which Satan imprints, etches into our brain so that we could never, never achieve that concept, that consciousness, which was given to the Jews at that time and the entire world. So, I know that maybe what I have just shared with you goes contrary to a long history of understanding. But my friends, the long horse race of humanity has been one of failure, has been one that has ultimately ended with death. That is a reality. And what the capitalists had appealed for was an understanding that could this have been possibly the ultimate goal for mankind to achieve, to be brought into this physical reality for the sake of pain and suffering and no other purpose whatsoever. And so with the renewal of Pasha Githro, let us assume that obligation the truth must go forward. It is an obligation. Nay, not an obligation. It is the way for us to achieve immortality. It is by no other method but sharing this kind of information. God bless you all and Shabbat Shalom.